0: Late Night City, beyond the dark.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to go over to America. We're going to speak to a gentleman now about something I've never spoke to about before. And I'm fascinated. His name is Derek Hayes. And we're going to talk to you about cryptozoology, which sounds fascinating. Derek, first of all, thank you
0: for joining me. No problem, Pete. Thank you for having me.
1: I don't even know where to start. Let's start at the beginning. It's an open book for me. Please talk to me.
0: Oh, man, that's a dangerous window right there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, basically what uh, cryptozoology is, it's the search and uh, study of animals that science hasn't yet recognized. So you're looking at like uh, Bigfoot or uh, lake monsters like uh, Loch Ness Monster Nessie. That's a perfect example of, you know, a creature that may exist, may not exist, but, uh, you know, the search is, is continuing.
1: So that's what we're on. So we're talking about Nessie. We're talking about these creatures. But have you found, I mean, what is your interest and how did you get into it first before I ask, have you found out about stuff?
0: Well, while I was a kid or when I was a kid, I witnessed something uh, peculiar, um, something that wasn't, uh, long story short, I I saw a black panther um, in the woods of Ohio, which uh, I don't know if your listeners are familiar with Ohio, but black panthers should not be living there. Mm -hmm. Um, So... That falls under the the realm of cryptozoology. It's an out-of-place animal, um, something that shouldn't be there. So ever since that sighting, um, you know, I've just been so fascinated with uh, every aspect of it, everything from, you know, the Bigfoots to the, the aliens and even into ghosts and stuff like that. But um, to be quite honest with you, it's just the cryptozoology aspect of it is the main focus of what I do. And I am a podcast host a show called Monsters Among Us, mm-hmm. which is a call-in show uh, about these cryptic creatures where people will call in and, and explain what they've seen and uh, describe it uh, to the best of their abilities. And then I'll discuss and offer up plausible explanations or uh, other encounters that are similar.
1: Now, you're on uh, British radio, so none of those people are listening now. So I can ask you, what do you actually believe yourself?
0: <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. I get a lot of calls. Some are just, I have a real difficult time believing, and some calls really make me question what these people, you know, witnessed. Um, So it kind of runs the gamut a bit. Uh, It could go either way.
1: Do you have training for this? Have you, or have you just been self-taught?
0: No, I haven't had training. There's a lot of biologists and uh, zoologists that have interest in this, but they kind of get laughed at when they try to approach a subject, let's say Bigfoot, for example, uh, a lot of them get shunned from their, from their professions if they, you know, exclaim that they believe in Bigfoot or even question that it could exist. Um, but to answer your question, I do not have training other than you know my almost forty years worth of reading about the subject and and uh, going into the field and and checking out mm. different locations that are purported, purportedly purportedly. Uh, haunted by said creatures.
1: What upsets me about it, Derek, and I do this feature every week and I've done it for many, many years, and I've got, I'm very sceptical, but what bothers me is it's like when we talk about outer space. How dare we think that we are the only creatures <laughs> in this vast universe? How
0: dare we? It's an arrogant thought, isn't it? Yeah. So well, I, you
1: know, So I then think, why can't there be? Bigfoot, why can't there be that panther that day in that
0: jungle? Sometimes the, the stars align, and that can happen, and it has in the past. Uh, you know, just recently, I think the last five or six years, they discovered a new uh, breed of chimp or a new species of chimp, which, you know, it's a big primate that uh, you would think would be on somebody's radar, but no one knew it existed until, uh, I want to say 2008, something like that. It's uh, called the Billy Ape. Um, and it's a you know it's a large chimpanzee. So these things are out there. Um, some of them, some of them cannot be. Like for example, uh, if you look at like uh, Loch Ness in your neck of the woods, there's just not enough food there for a creature that size yeah. to to live. Let alone you know an entire uh, you know population of said creatures. So sometimes they can, sometimes they can.
1: Do you ever? dismiss stuff or do you ever, I mean, dismiss as in, no, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm going to totally poo-poo that.
0: Not on subject alone. Uh, the way it's approached, if somebody calls in and they're kind of uh, tongue in cheek about it, if they're not taking it seriously or, you know, they, they get a giggle here and there, then I kind of feel like they're putting me on a bit. So I tried to steer away from those calls, but uh I'm, I'm assuming that a few get through from time to time that, you know, people, you know, having a laugh at me, but Um, For the most part, you know, I I pretty much play everything that I get that sounds sincere.
1: Derek, in all the years you've been doing it, is there one call that you cannot wipe out of your mind?
0: Actually, there's several calls about the same thing. Um, And it's a very rare thing that I've only heard of through my show, weirdly enough. Uh, I've had four calls in about this. Uh, They're called mirrored men, and I coined that myself. Basically, it's the three humanoid figures that walk in unison, kind of like the Beatles crossing Abbey Road there. Mm -hmm. Um, They're robed. Sometimes they're robed. Sometimes they're dressed in all black. But every movement mimics uh, the one in front. And every time they're witnessed, there's some sort of missing time uh, associated with the encounter.
1: So where have they been seen?
0: Uh, Ohio, uh, Iowa. Missouri and one other Midwestern state that I can't rattle off off the top of my head but uh, uh I had dedicated an entire show uh just on these experiences.
1: Why do you think America in particular is obsessed with this sort of thing? Cuz they seem to be these days. They you know, they
0: do. Um to me it's we're we're wilderness based uh culture, you know, we have our big cities but a majority of the people that live here live in small towns out in the middle of nowhere, I myself live on a mountain. So, you know, you're engulfed in this, this um, expanse wilderness that could harbor any of these things. So it's something that's, you know, on the tip of your tongue or in the back of your mind that what could be out there? You know, when it's dark and you're walking to your car, what am I about to run into?
1: I've got to pick up on the fact you're living on a mountain. Describe what <laughs> you can see right now.
0: Well, if uh, my studio had a window, I would see uh, a lake and a couple peaks to either side. I live in the mountains above Los Angeles, so uh, it's raining here currently, but uh, it's, it's still wow. pretty warm and, and uh, beautiful.
1: So you're in you're, you're Los Angeles, but out, out in the sticks?
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm about an hour and a half away. Um, but as the crow flies, you know, not that far. That sounds amazing. Want, go sounds up the amazing. winding roads. It takes a little while.
1: What have you found out about aliens?
0: Aliens? Uh, Well, I had an interesting call a couple of weeks ago, actually, that um, somebody witnessed in Illinois what they called a mantis man. And it's something I'd heard of but didn't know a lot about. And Basically, what this woman saw, she was jogging at 5 a.m., so it was still dark. And her and her dog stumbled upon this creature that was, she estimated, 12 to 15 feet tall. And it looked like... A gigantic praying mantis. So the creature kind of walked off and disappeared into the woods, and uh, so she freaked out. And so I did some research, and it turns out that uh, the description she gave me is is kind of spot on to a lot of the other descriptions that have been, you know, put forth by other witnesses over the years. And what they're believing is that this is some sort of uh, species of alien.
1: Why? Why would aliens be here? Anybody put that theory forward?
0: that's an interesting question. Uh, the spirit of exploration, I would suppose. Um, that's why would we go anywhere else? Uh, well, you know, if, if, to back that up, there's two reasons why they would go. One is spirit of exploration. And two would be to uh, conquer, to take over. So let's hope it's not the latter.
1: Do you believe after doing your podcast and getting involved with this, do you believe that governments cover up stuff?
0: Yeah, I, I believe they do to an extent, um, especially when it comes to, uh, you know, the alien technology. Uh, I had an argument with somebody recently that if you look back to, you know, the end of World War II, um, in 1947, there was a, a UFO crash in New Mexico here in the States. Uh, Roswell, I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with it. Ever since that point, uh, our technology has uh, increased it by leaps and bounds uh, as opposed to what it was, you know, prior to uh, 1947, World War II and all that. Uh, we have microchips now, we have jet engines, But like all this stuff just showed up on the radar. And to me, I'm wondering, you know, is it possible that they got their hands on some sort of strange technology that uh, they've kept secret, they've, they've hidden? You know, of course, if you let other nations know what you have, then you don't have anything that great. So... In short, yeah, I believe they they would cover something like that up, and it makes perfect sense as to why they would. Do I wish they would? I I don't. I'd I'd love to know about it, but I understand it.
1: Derek, you've astounded me with that statement. It's something I've never thought about. It's something that's never been said to me when I've done these programs. And when you think of it logically, maybe that is why. I've never thought about why they have kept anything they've found from outer space, but I never thought of it that way. You blow me away over technology. that yeah no it's <laughs> yeah. interesting it's an interesting point uh, does bigfoot exist
0: oh it's tricky um i i don't know that he does I, I i'm on the fence honestly when i was younger i was adamant he was real he was out there somewhere and the older i get and the more that you know there's more cameras now and there's more technology now and he still hasn't showed up so uh, i'm starting to question so I'm, I'm on the fence but i'm leaning towards no
1: what 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 have you discovered with aliens and abductions because I had two people on last week and I won't poo-poo it at all uh, they're a man and wife they reckon they've been abducted regularly they've been abducted together and separately what have you found out
0: uh, a lot of the similar um, there's a lot of people out there that claim to have um, you know been abducted been taken aboard there's a, a couple very famous cases that if you look into them they're they're quite airtight. And if you have a moment, I could tell you about Please. Uh, one in particular. It was in snowflake, Arizona, Travis Walton, I believe it was 1975. Uh, he was with a, a group of logging, uh, buddies that were logging a hillside and driving back to town, uh, late in the evening and they saw a UFO. Well, Travis, I guess was a rambunctious guy. So he got out and went underneath it and a beam of light nailed him, sucked him up into the thing, into the UFO. And, uh, The entire truck full of people freaked out, drove to town and, you know, went to the cops and our buddy got abducted by an alien. Of course, nobody believed them. So they issued a search party for him. They couldn't find him. This goes on for a week. They take lie detector tests. They're up for murder at this point because they think they killed him and stashed the body somewhere. And then lo and behold, Travis shows up. I think it was six days later, um, naked, dehydrated, starving. Um, He'd been gone. He doesn't know where he was for six days. And he just woke up outside of a gas station at like 3 in the morning. So he calls the authorities and they come and get him. And through uh, regressive hypther- hypnotherapy, they discover that he was taken aboard a ship and experimented upon. And they dumped him back off into the desert of, of Arizona. And that's the, the that's very similar to a lot of the other cases.
1: Have you actually met any of these people you've spoken about?
0: Uh, it's only through the podcast. I try to... You know, I I try to keep my personal life separate from my podcast life. So I do my best not to, you know, get too connected with these people. But that doesn't stop me from wanting to hear their stories and share their stories. So I speak with them off, you know, off the record online, often give advice and and um, suggestions. And some people just want to talk about their experience and don't want to share it on the show, which uh, happens quite often.
1: Have you written a book or not bothered?
0: Uh, I haven't written a book. My background is in film, actually. So uh, I have a documentary in the works, but I have not yet announced that yet. So I guess that's a sneak peek. But I do have something in the works for uh, later this year.
1: About the subject?
0: About, yeah, about cryptids in the US. Yeah.
1: Where did the word come from, cryptid?
0: Uh, Cryptid, I believe it's a Latin, crypto, meaning hidden and zoology obviously is uh, the study of animals so it makes sense that hidden animals cryptozoology mm-hmm. uh, i believe is where that came from
1: So have you found that there are certain areas where these things appear or uh, certain countries or where there's more than others or is there a pattern Bas- at all
0: basically it works out that wherever there's people um, you can't have you can't have a sighting without a person so it, it, it runs that but the weird thing is that you get in different parts of the country and these different creatures begin to take different shapes like you get folklore involved uh like let's say the Appalachian mountains there's a lot of folklore there that came over from uh ireland and and uh, your your area over there so they bring with them uh the old time uh legends that they then apply to these creatures that they've witnessed so uh they become uh, like the wampus cat i know is a um it's a mix between a Native American legend and I guess a Scottish, uh, like a Scottish Highlands um, legend. So they put the two together to create one cryptid. So mm,
1: interesting. What about the Native Americans? Do they ring your show? Do you, do look into them?
0: Uh, definitely. They've. Um, I actually haven't gotten too many calls per se from them, but they, uh, as a culture, are very involved in uh, the cryptozoology world. They've spoken about uh, the Thunderbirds, which is like a 25 to 30 foot uh, wide bird that lives in uh, the desert Southwest, picks up children and some grown adults. Um, So they, you know, they've contributed by creating these, these legends. There's a lot of uh, paintings and rock art and stuff like that too, of, of certain creatures like Bigfoot that, um, you know, several hundred, even almost a thousand years old, that kind of continue that or the beginnings of that uh, storyline that we continue today. So there's definitely a correlation between that culture and and today's culture of cryptozoology.
1: You mentioned Roswell before. Is that still highly protected?
0: Uh, Roswell is not, but Area 51 to the north of that is definitely protected. You can't even get within, I believe it's 50 miles now of the gate without uh, being surveilled uh, there's white trucks from the government that will follow you all the way back into town. And the, there are plenty of signs that say, you know, you trespass beyond this point, you'll be shot. So I don't know too many people that, you know, venture beyond those, those warnings, but, uh, Roswell itself, the crash took place in just a, a farm field, a ranch field. So that spot you could visit, um, there's no real protection there, but, uh, area 51, that's a whole other deal.
1: Why is it? Or what? What talking about it on your show? What What do people say about it? Why? Why? And what do you think? Why is this incredible barrier around it?
0: Well, there's a lot of top secret uh, uh, technology being developed there. I know the SR seventy one Blackbird was developed there. Uh, I believe uh, the stealth bomber was as well. And these are all technologies that are thirty, maybe thirty five years old at this point. Uh, who knows what they have currently? And there's there's also something to be said about deception where, you know, they finally acknowledge the fact that Area 51 exists So maybe six, seven years ago. It wasn't that long ago that they actually finally owned up to it. So my mind goes to, well, if they're announcing that this is a real thing and they're diverting attention to that, then what's going on behind the curtain? You know, look over here at Area 51, don't look over here in this desert because you don't want to know what's happening in that desert.
1: Now tell me, what do you do when you get a, a cry for help on your program? How do you cope with it?
0: If I know anything about it, I'll, I'll start doing, um, you know I'll start putting logic into it. You know, it could be this, it could be that. And sometimes I get things that I've never heard of, which always surprises me because I think I know everything. But <laughs> um, so in that case, I'll just dig into the research, you know, I have a library of books, I have, you know, there's all kinds of sources online, and I have uh, several other podcast hosts that I can always reach out to, to, uh, you know, check to see if it's something they've heard of. And But uh, the main thing is you calm everybody down, um, you know, get them to the point where they understand that they're not in danger, and, and or make sure they're not in danger, I guess. And, uh, you know, just try to explain to them, you know, what they saw and, and do your best to, uh, you know, not blow smoke you want to you want to be truthful with them if you think it can be solved then you should solve it
1: is there a community
0: of you but yeah there's there's several dozen they're all very nice people they all uh you know they all have their day jobs that they do and and if you're if you're not a podcast host you're out there in the woods looking for these creatures and some people do both what about flying
1: saucers ah
0: they're interesting (laughs) have you seen one
1: No, I never. I've seen a couple of shooting stars, because I work in a tower, so where I'm sitting right now is in a tower 450 foot high, um, which there's not a lot of high buildings in Liverpool. It's a beautiful tower, it's like a a bulb shape on top of a a, a sort of... sphere that goes up uh and i've seen a couple of shooting stars uh, but no i am I'm, I'm open to it i'd love them to pop here i've seen a few drones nosing in while we've been working
0: that's <laughs> well, the 21st century ufo yeah uh you know there's a funny thing about ufos a lot of people say that if you concentrate on them and you think about them you'll see them Wow, It's it's something it's it, basically you're sending out a message that you're willing to receive. And it kind of sounds like, you know, hippie stuff, but a lot of people swear by it. I've I've never actually tried it, uh, but I do spend a lot of time up here in the mountains and we get the best sky you can imagine. There's no light pollution. So you see some weird things out there. Um, I can't see any. Of the, I, I, I've never seen anything I could say was a flying saucer or, uh, you know, an alien spacecraft. But I've seen some strange things.
1: Derek Hayes, how can people find out about Monsters Among Us?
0: Well, you can go to the website at monstersamonguspodcast.com. That's probably the best way. It can also be found on uh, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook.
1: And they can join you what night?
0: Uh, Thursday nights.
1: Derek, you're a fascinating man. Thank you so much for spending time with me.
0: Thank you, Pete.